Hello and welcome to another episode of The Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. Today we have another interview and we have a, a very interesting topic. We have here with us uh, Lydia, Lydia Melvin. Hey Lydia, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. So Lydia is a virtual assistant for Indie Hackers. It's quite a, a new job title for her. She's doing this uh, since uh, October 2021. But uh, it's very interesting, you know, because uh, in this world of bootstrappers, we have uh, a lot of people doing this full time, a lot of people also doing this as a side gig. And I can definitely see, uh, even for myself, and I'm doing this full time, that there's a need for some extra help. Helps with the productivity. So it's really nice to have you here and to learn more about uh, what tasks uh, do you normally take, uh, how many of your clients uh, or how many clients you have, how did you get these clients. So super excited for our chat, Lydia. I would love to start by asking you to yeah, give a little int introduction about yourself. Uh, who is Lydia? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> Something I'm still trying to figure out. Yes, as you mentioned, I started my virtual assistant gig business, whatever you want to call it, six months ago. Before becoming a virtual assistant, I was in the project management, account management space in London. I'd worked at a few different creative design growth agencies. And I came to, I guess, a spot in my life last August where I wasn't in the best place. I wasn't getting what I wanted out of my job. I probably wasn't giving them what they needed from me. And I needed to just basically take time off, go away, which I did. I gave him my um, resignation letter. I didn't have anything lined up. A bit risky, but I went for it. Mm. And then decided to have a few months off to really figure out what I wanted to do, what I needed to do for myself. Luck I was very lucky. Um, my partner um, at the time supported me in my decision, which was brilliant. Um, and really allowed me to have that time to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah, it was an interesting sort of organic time. I'd always thought about virtual assistancing, what that actually meant. I thought it was something that could really fit that this life that I wanted, having the flexibility, mm -hmm. deciding who I work with. Because after working at agencies, you don't really, you sort of just have to work with who you have to work with when it comes to clients and stuff like that. So it was something I'd always thought about. And my partner, he was part of this indie hacker community called Weekend Club, which is this amazing oh. community. My competitors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're brilliant. They're, they're great. I'm going to bleep that. <laughs> uh, so he's part of this amazing community um, and he's friends with the founder. The founder had mentioned, um, Char Charlie, Charlie Ward, the founder, had mentioned that he um, was looking for a VA. And this was oh. actually... Uh, we were in the airport flying out to Lisbon because we were going to have a few months in Lisbon to figure out life, basically. So I decided to have a call with Charlie and it sort of just went from there. It was, yeah, it was very organic. And I just started helping him with a few, a few things. And then it sort of started and I thought, oh, actually, maybe I should start taking this a bit more seriously instead of just sort of doing it and seeing what happened I thought actually yeah I'll, I'll go for it see what happens so I started uh, my Twitter account which I've never really been big on Twitter so that was a big learning created my website which I created um 
using Notion, which again, I didn't even know you could do that with Notion. Yeah. So it was all very just learning as, as I went. And it's really good, a website, by the way. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's, right. it's interesting. I wanted something that I could easily use and update. There's so many mm-hmm. things out there that are quite, like, quite overwhelming uh, when it comes to building sites. And I'm I'm quite clueless when it comes to it. So Notion mm-hmm. was perfect for me. So, yeah, start, started taking it a bit more seriously, building an online presence, reaching out to lots of different people. The great thing, working with Charlie, I had sort of this into this indie hacker community and speaking to my partner at the time he mentioned actually it's a really good space to be in um and you want to you want to niche down which everybody says but actually it works really well so yeah there was this space that no one was really sort of working with or supporting in sort of the virtual assistant world and I had a um got quite a few different clients from weekend club which was amazing um lots of people on twitter i would just reach out to people talk to people try and help with problems that they might have tweeted about and it's really gone from there yeah it's been very organic and i've been very lucky with that but yeah it's been also quite a few ups and downs and trying to figure new things out and how to promote myself and writing blog posts and all of that um but it's been brilliant it's Uh, Yeah, I love it. The fact that you were already able to kind of make a living out of this business and you only started six months ago. So that's that's really brilliant. That's really a great uh, great thing. I mean, for me, I'm doing this for, I guess, nine months now and uh, I'm still not able to kind of uh, make ends meet. So that's really nice. Yeah, I've been very lucky. I think it just shows that, like you said at the beginning, lots of bootstrappers, indie hackers, whatever you want to call people. Um, They have so much going on and jumping from one thing to another that they do need just some help and support, um, Mm -hmm. some support. And that really can, it can be anything. Um, But it's, I love um, talking and working with all these indie Mm -hmm. hackers because everybody's so different. They have such interesting stories um, and they're all just working on what they want to work on which i think is great um yeah, yeah. so yeah it's, it's brilliant so you said that you so the reason why i i i told you that uh, weekend club is kind of my competitor is because i also have a community mm-hmm. uh, i run a community the wb space for entrepreneurs and bootstrappers and to be honest from all the other communities i always see the weekend club as like the, the closest and the uh, to what what we are doing, mm-hmm. but yeah, it seems fascinating. I've heard great things about that uh, that community. One thing that also um, I found interesting when you're kind of referring to you said bootstrappers or indie hackers or whatever you want to call it, and I, I do have that problem sometimes. Like, what should we call ourselves? Right? Is it uh, you have so many names: indie hackers, indie yeah. makers, uh, bootstrappers, and even like when you are writing your um, your uh, website right I, I see here that uh, when i open your website by the way it's really it's really cool as i said like you enter and you have like a little emoji that looks like you which is <laughs> nice and then you have like i really enjoy when uh, you scroll down and you see like uh, you before we work together and you after we work together and i like how you specify these uh these things here so that people can really read and identify themselves mm-hmm. w- with uh, uh, the before and, and the after um, but yeah, you you say here indie hackers. Uh, wh- why why did you choose this this word? Like, did you 
put a lot of uh, thought into that? Or you just like, okay, it's the first thing that comes to my mind? I think it was because um, my partner had always sort of referenced that group, I guess, um, as indie hackers. So it was definitely mm. uh, the the first title I came across. Um, and then obviously talking to more people um, and being in different communities and everything like that, I found out about the, the bootstrapper title as well. Um, so I guess I decided to go with Indie Hacker just because it was more familiar and the majority of people I had spoken to um, were, were aware of the title. Right, but I right. think it, it is an interesting um, it is an interesting point that there's lots of different titles um, for something that's that's quite similar. But also yeah. um, when I talk to like my family and friends who aren't really aware of that space i always find myself having to describe what an indie hacker is um yeah because hacker is not a good thing right you think oh hackers? yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not it's not uh the most positive um but yeah it's it's really interesting because i think outside of the that space um people are still not fully aware of what it means to be an indie hacker, what comes along with being an indie hacker. Um, mm. But once you're in that space, everybody's like completely on the same page, yeah. understands the the pros and the cons and everything like that. So I think it Definitely. is um, interesting, but I think uh, people are becoming more and more aware of the sort of indie yeah. hacker, bootstrapper, startup kind of space. Do you think it's a growing market? I definitely think so. Yeah, I think uh, COVID has probably helped. Having the pandemic, um, people are rethinking their lives and what's important and what they yeah. really want to do, and this is the time to do it. So I think a lot of people who may may have thought in the past, "Oh, I want to, I really want to have my own business, so I want to have my own product, yeah. whatever it is." I think lots more people are now taking a bit more seriously because of what has been happening in the last few years. Yes, it's it's called the great resignation. I heard that term uh, a lot on LinkedIn and and so ah. on. <laughs> a lot of pe people quitting your jobs, uh, <laughs> and I did the same. And apparently, you did it too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? it's a thing. People are doing it, which I think yeah. is um, really exciting. I think it's obviously a risky thing, um, but I think it's yeah, I think it's super exciting that people are just going mm. for it. Were you nervous when you? Quit your job to figure things out. Uh, like, what was it going? What, what was uh, going through your mind? Were you like in a maybe a, a darker place and you felt anxious, or or no, it was okay for you to just you know take some time off? I was I was very I was very nervous, um, but mm. I I knew I needed to take time off. I think I was in that point where I was extremely burnt out, um, and. I was I was a bit lost to be honest. I was I had mm. no clue what I was doing. I wasn't in a good place, uh, but I was still nervous because you're sort of taught that oh well if you want to leave a job you should really have another job lined up yeah, or you exactly. shouldn't put yourself in that position. Um, so I, I was really feeling that, and I was very aware that oh well this isn't the normal thing to do. Oh God. Um, but then I thought, actually, I really need to do this just for myself. And luckily, it works out. But yeah, it is a risky thing. And um, 
you have to think about everything. You can't just make that decision and then be done with it. There's like, oh, well, finances, how am I going to cope? Do I have enough money to do this? Uh, what about uh, rent? Where am I staying? There's lots of different things that come into it. Um, but yeah, I was very lucky to be able to have that time off um, and yeah, just really rethink fun. things. Yeah. One thing that I that I noticed immediately after I, I quit my job is that, you know, your, your company they take care of a lot of things for you, right? Uh, mm. Your uh, social security, so like uh, unemployment money, uh, your peers as well. It's it's kind of, especially in tech companies, uh, these companies become kind of the center of uh, your life, right? So that uh, you live there, basically. You you do yeah. your sports there. You have your friends there. Uh, and leaving that is like not only leaving your job, uh, it's leaving, yeah, a whole part of your life. And uh, when I, I first noticed that, I was like, wow, this is... Uh, this is weird. I, I, I feel a little bit lost. And uh, uh, what what do the people in your in your life uh, think think of that? So clearly, your your partner uh, supported you. But uh, what about uh, your family, your friends? Did they think you were crazy by doing that? <laughs> they, uh, I was very lucky. They were all just like, "Yeah, go for it. You need to do it. You need you need time off. You need to go for it." And I think um, which really helps because I think one of the the things I was worried about was, oh God, people are going to think I'm like weird or like just going to, I'm going to be judged on doing something that people don't normally do. Um, and I was, I don't know why I was so like hyper aware of being judged for it. Um, mm -hmm. but I really was, I was, that was, I was really worried about, oh, well, when I tell people at work that I don't have anything lined up, they're going to judge me. Um, yeah. which, I don't, I don't know why, because every, everybody was extremely supportive. Nobody, um, whoever I mentioned it to, they were extremely supportive. Um, so I was really, really lucky in that. Um, and I think as well, people had realized that I just, I wasn't in a good place. So they were mm. like, yeah, you need time off. You need time to figure it out and mm. everything will be fine, which was, I think is, it is what you also need to hear as well that like yeah it will be fine you'll figure it out um but yeah i was very lucky that people were just like yeah go for it <laughs> and w what does it mean not not uh, being in a good place were you like anxious you you felt the lack of purpose uh, was it just too much work and you didn't like it it was probably a mixture of everything really i think uh being in lockdown for so long um mm. and just I don't, my heart wasn't in the job. Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't think that helped either. Um, mm. and it was just one of, yeah, I just wasn't in a good place in the job anyway. It was one mm. of those ones where I didn't really have confidence. I didn't have the confidence that they needed me to have. Um, but I was, mm. I was working really, really hard, but you know, it was just one of those things. And then, um, I think, yeah, with everything that happened with lockdown, um, I was just extremely anxious when it came to turning on my laptop in the morning. Um, nice. I didn't want to, I couldn't bring myself to do it normally. <laughs> I'm quite a happy chappy. Yeah. Um, and I had like lost that side of myself, which was quite yeah. sad because I'd always been like, Oh, like, chat away i'll be happy positive lid um and i'd really lost that uh, lost that side of myself and that's when i really mm -hmm. started noticing that actually god i'm not in a good place yeah. and i'd spoken to my parents and they were like yeah you've just you've lost your spark and that's when i was like oh, oh god i definitely need terrible. to leave <laughs> um, 
Um, but I think, yeah, it wasn't just one thing. It was, I think, yeah. how the world was at that point, where I mm-hmm. was in my job. It, it's, it wasn't, my heart wasn't in it. Um, there were yeah. lots of different things that fed into it. Um, and, yeah, I just needed, and, uh, yeah, it was just working all the time, burnt out. I just needed, mm-hmm. I needed a change, a big change. Yeah, that happens to a lot of people. And a lot of people are afraid to, to change or, uh, as you said, not having another job lining up uh, after that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, I really think it's it's a brave, uh, it's a really brave decision to just uh, quit everything and, you know, take some time, relax. It's it's brave, but I think it should be more normalized, to be honest. I completely the- agree. I think it's, it's not a bad thing having time off and taking time away. I think people see it as that, like it's almost because I was really like, oh gosh, I'm going to be, I'm a failure. That's one yeah. of the first thoughts I had when actually I'm not, I'm just taking time off to figure out what yeah. I really want to do. So I think, yes, yeah, so I really hope um, people start viewing that type of thing differently yeah. because a lot of people probably stay where they shouldn't because they're worried of, um, how they will be perceived or how mm. they will be judged when actually the majority of people are like, amazing, I want to do this. Yeah, that's kind of also what I want to do here with the wannabe entrepreneur and the, with the community. So kind of support uh, also bootstrappers uh, to kind of start making a, a living uh, because I think it's it's such a nice way to live, right? That even even this concept of basically you, you get off, uh, out of maybe college or uh, you, you get to your first job and then you basically have a job until you retire, which yeah. is getting later and later. So it's almost until the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, and that's the only concept, the only way we know how to live. But there's other ways, right? You can, yeah. for instance, get a job, get some money, and then just go travel. There's a lot of people that do this. Like, I, I, I'm, I, re- I love sailing, for instance. And there's a lot of people that sail. Mm. And what they do is they, they work for maybe the winter, and then they take the rest of spring and summer to... Uh, go and sail the world and then they go back and, and work yeah uh, and this is kind of we judge this kind of way of living people think oh they have no ambition right i think that's what comes yeah. to people's mind but no i mean that's just a, an amazing way of also living life right you have you have your work and then you also take some time to just you know have fun and explore and uh, learn other things yeah right? exactly there's no right or wrong way to live (laughs) yeah um yeah it's really interesting i think i think it's amazing when people um can do that when they're just like yep i'll work six months of the year and then the other six months i'm gonna love my life explore the world i think it's amazing so let's get into how you kind of uh, build your business because i I find this uh, Mm -hmm. really interesting but um, before we start, maybe can you explain a little bit uh, what does it mean to be a virtual assistant? What kind of tasks do you do, you do and so on? Sure. Um, so it's, uh, it really depends on the client. Um, I thought going into it, I thought, oh, everybody's going to have the same issue. It'll be super easy to just pick up these skills and then I can use them with everyone. But actually, um, <laughs> everybody <laughs> has many different problems and tasks. Um, challenges that they face and it's really um, dependent on their service their business their product anything that they're working on and but mainly what I've seen sort of cropping up um, among the majority of people I've worked with so far is content creation and so 
helping uh, write blog posts, um, Twitter posts, scheduling um, social media posts, mm-hmm. um, data entry, uh, helping with podcasts, a lot of sort of building processes. For instance, it's like, how can we have a more efficient, effective approach when it comes to um, assigning people to tasks and things like that. So it, it really depends mm. on the person themselves and what they are doing. But I would probably say the main task that I do help with at the moment is content creation, social media, um, right. building processes, organization. So for instance, when it comes to calendar organization and scheduling, um, just creating and implementing these things that will just make those mundane tasks, I guess, easier. Mm the person that sounds really super helpful and i can even for myself see that there's a lot of things that i could definitely need some some help but it it also kind of looks um that and i think you also mentioned this in your website that these are somehow tasks that people don't like to do uh and then they somehow outsource yeah Uh, do you like to do these tasks then (laughs) i i weirdly do which i mean (laughs) it works out (laughs) i'm now doing what i'm doing um no i really i from being a project manager being an account manager i've always been a big fan of organization and planning and having things in a good place um so i really do love that side of things even when it comes to i guess more like the mundane tasks say for instance data entry I love just getting my head into something, even if it is just moving one thing to one thing from one Excel sheet to another Excel sheet. Mm -hmm. I really love just getting in my zone, getting in my space and getting the job done. And in general, I like to help people. So it may not be the most interesting task to them, but I will definitely get some joy out of it. (laughs) What are the tasks that you like the most uh, so far from, from your clients, the things that you really like to do? I do a lot of research, which I've always loved doing. So, for instance, creating, well, helping write blog posts. A lot of them need some research before actually writing the Mm -hmm. post itself. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoy the research side of things because the great thing about being a virtual assistant, especially for indie hackers, is I'm learning so much as I go. So I'm getting so much out of it as well. Um, So from the research, I'm learning so much. Writing um blog posts for someone is then helping me write my own blog posts um so i really everything i do i get so much out of which Mm -hmm. i think is brilliant i'm constantly learning and if anything comes my way that i'm not too sure of i'll i'll figure it out and i'll learn so Mm -hmm. much about whatever that is yeah yeah would you say that you're a organized and structured person then Yes, I would. I definitely think there's some areas I could improve on. Um, Like, I guess, anyone that you can always improve. Um, But yeah, I like to be, I like to have a plan, which is funny because when I left my job, I didn't have a plan. So I was really stressed about that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I like to have a plan in place. I'm that person who, when you go to an airport um, and you're going on holiday, I like to arrive like, four hours before (laughs) I like to give myself the time you know factor in potential problems that is me so Mm -hmm. you know potentially a headache for some people but (laughs) I love it I I, I find it interesting because for me it seems kind of the anti-pattern of any bootstrap or indie hacker that I know at least because normally they are like the opposite you know they are Mm. 
at least myself, like all over the place. And uh, I want to get to the airport 30 minutes before the flight or something. <laughs> I want to get there and, and, and go there. So it's really interesting to see that. Uh, but but it's true. I mean, for a virtual assistant, you need to have this this mindset, right? The mindset yeah. of being more structured. And that's how you're going to help a lot of, uh, a lot of these people. Yeah, but also I think I think there's a there's a nice balance because um, prior to becoming a virtual assistant, it was too much. I was planning too much. I was too mm-hmm. structured, um, and then if anything went wrong or went off my plan, I'd get very stressed about it because I'd be like, right. well, this isn't what I planned for. How has this happened? Whereas now, sort of doing what I did, leaving my job, not having a plan, um, really pushed me out of my comfort zone when it came to always having a plan and. Mm. Um, knowing what's going to happen and then working with lots of different people um, and their approach and how I guess yeah being an indie hacker bootstrapper people just go for it Um, and they haven't had it all thought out or they don't have a a perfect plan in place um, has really helped me become less planned and I, I guess a bit more spontaneous and uh, mm-hmm. less worried about things which uh-huh. has really helped me um, like when it comes to writing blog posts when I started doing it I was like oh god this is too stressful what are people gonna think and now yeah. I'm just like write it get it out and see what yeah. happens so yeah. yeah I think there's a happy balance <laughs> <laughs> so you like this new version of Lydia more yes <laughs> But do, do you normally clash uh, with the personality of uh, indie hackers and the bootstrappers because they are kind of very different than you and they are very all over the place and maybe they, they don't give you specific tasks? Uh, do, you, do you have these kind of problems? Um, I wouldn't say clash. I think I think it works out quite well. Some, some of my clients have been brilliant. They've come with a plan and they know exactly what they want me to work on, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um but the way I sort of frame it as well, I'm very open to, you know, tasks changing and um, being a bit more fluid because I guess it's just being realistic. Things do change. Um, so, no, I, I think I think it, it works. It works really well. Mm-hmm. I'm here to bring a bit more organization and structure to okay. Okay. what they're doing. Um, but, but you surely already had some problems or no? I wouldn't say problem. I've been touch wood. I've been very lucky. Um, okay. Maybe sometimes I guess it's just when uh, a task or a brief hasn't been that clear. Um, so it's just spending a bit more time working with the client to figure out um, what actually is needed and mm-hmm. um, figuring out the expectations of that. Yeah. Um, but I think as as I go on, I'm definitely changing my approach to that and figuring out how I can make that better so for instance if it's um asking a client some specific questions before we jump on a discovery call or um asking more questions around the tasks tasks and breaking that down a bit more um at the beginning of that relationship so mm-hmm. i think it there's definitely areas i can improve when it comes to that okay. as well it's not all it's not all on the client <laughs> yeah. But you're you're very new to this, right? So it's, it's yeah. like a lot to learn, obviously. Well, let's do here a, like a small exercise. Let's let's pretend that I'm uh, I'm looking for a virtual assistant, so it's for for managing the the podcast, for instance. So mm-hmm. I, I I get to your uh, website, lydiamelvin.com, uh, and I, I find here the email me uh, button, right? So yeah. I guess you your prefer mode of contact is through email. So I guess I send you like an email saying, "Hey, Lydia, I." 
do I already have like specific questions or specific tasks in mind that I want you to help? Or do you just get people saying, okay, I'm overwhelmed. Can you please help? <laughs> it's a bit, a bit of a mixture. Um, uh, on my website at the bottom, I have like a, a form that people can fill in and it breaks down um, sort of current challenges they're facing, um, what they're working on at the moment. Oh, yeah. Like mm -hmm. initial, initial tasks that they've thought of that they might need support for um, mm -hmm. with, sorry. So that really helps me sort of have the the insight straight away of what they need and where they sort of yeah. see it going. Um, Clever, but, yeah. So you have here your biggest struggle at the moment. So yeah, uh, let's say uh, for me is to get new guests, for example. Mm -hmm. So I would just write get get new guests, and then what are the top three tasks you are looking for help with? So I would just say. I guess, get new guests again. Uh, <laughs> then social media content after, I think that's something really annoying. I record something and then I have to do audio um, or what is it called? Audiograms. Yeah. Uh, I need to share it on LinkedIn and share it on, uh, um, I, I need to, to also share it with the, with the person I interview. So these are a lot of kind of tasks that I have to do that I don't like doing that much. Mm -hmm. uh, and also another task is, for instance, edit, editing. So I need to edit and that takes a lot of time. Yeah. So now you get an email with uh, with these three points. Um, mm -hmm. What would you answer? Um, I would then reply to the email saying, uh, thanks so much for reaching out. Um, <laughs> and then okay. I would Polite. ask, <laughs> I'd then ask uh, a few questions around their the answers. So try and um, break down what they said even more. Mm. Um, so, and then I would ask I'd send over my calendar really get them to put a call in with me and then right. run through everything um in a bit more detail um and really sort of get into what they're expecting from a virtual mm. assistant because I think um being a virtual assistant is it's quite vague virtual assistants can do anything which is amazing um but I think it's people it's still sort of a gray area, I guess. People still aren't fully aware of what being a virtual assistant actually means and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, what, what that includes. Um, so I'd sort of try and break down what, what they're expecting from, from me and the, the relationship going forward. Um, and then, yeah, have that discovery call with them, find out everything that I need, answer all their questions, um, and then go from there, really. Normally what I do is then follow, um, send a follow-up email with a summary of the call, everything we covered, and mm -hmm. then if they're happy to move forward, I'll then send them over a contract. Yes. So it's quite a, um, there's, yeah, it's quite simple in my approach, I guess, just a few right. easy steps. Um, yeah. but they're really important steps to find out uh, what they need, what I can do for them, if it's going to work, if it's not going to work, and then the sort of expectations from both sides. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in this case, um, would you be able to also do the editing of the podcast or are there certain tasks that you say, sorry, I don't have the background to do that? So, yeah, there's definitely some tasks uh, that I don't have the background and I'll happily say Mm -hmm. more probably wouldn't be the best person for you <laughs> but actually um one of my clients is um starting a podcast and I'm gonna help him when it comes to the editing side of things um, right. and all of that so it's something I could so definitely help you with <laughs> <laughs> nice um 
So, and what what is then the kind of contract that you sign? Let's say I say, okay, Lydia, let's let's move on. Like I really like you, and I think this will be a great uh, uh, relationship. So, mm-hmm. what what like do you work by the hour? Do, when do you even like? Because I, I didn't see any pricing here in the website. So, uh, do you define? Do you have like a, a fixed price for your hours, and uh, how do you define that? Yeah, so I normally share a day rate, um, but I like to understand like the task at hand before sharing costs um just because i I think for me i find it quite hard to put a number against something if i don't really know what it is or if i haven't thought about it properly so yeah i normally share a day rate but the contract that i would send over if we're if both sides are good to go would cover the tasks that we've agreed on the plan going forward the the timings the mm. the finance side of things so just I guess um, all of the things that need to be in a contract I'll include but I I've tried to try to take out the majority of like the fluff mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess because you know so you get those contracts and they're like twelve pages long and yeah, you're yeah. never going to read it huh. um, so I've tried to take out the majority of the fluff and just get to the point at hand which is the support and the, the tasks that I will be helping with mm-hmm. and then that seems to work quite well but do, do you have different pricings for different kinds of tasks for instance writing content you would uh price it in a certain amount and then uh, editing a podcast in another amount or you have like a fixed rate for your day no matter what task you're doing so at the moment i do a fixed rate but it's Mm. definitely been something that i've been trying to figure out a better approach to when it comes to my pricing for a while i've been thinking oh well i can offer sort of different services and it will be this this much for this Mm. thing but i haven't i don't know to be honest i don't really know how to approach it and I've, I've been looking at other virtual assistants and they all have like, oh, well, for this package, I can do this, this and this and it will be this right. much. But at the moment, I haven't figured it out. So I've just been doing a day rate that say, for instance, if someone does just want a few hours of my time, I'll put it down to half a day or even, yeah, just right. a, an right. hourly rate. But that's something that I definitely want to work on and figure out a bit mm-hmm. more. Okay. What What is the average amount of hours you do uh, per week for one client um i'd probably say a day a day yeah so you would uh, uh work with me i guess one day of, of the week um what is the what is your average cost like are you comfortable in sharing that yeah i'd say probably my day right now is 250 and i guess my immediately next question is uh as a bootstrapper at least myself, right? I, I'm still not even making my my yeah. money, you know. So I don't have money to pay you. Um, does it mean that your clients are already like bootstrappers that are already mostly making money and they're able to, from their business, pay to an uh, an extra hand? No, so I, it's yeah, it's interesting. I have quite a wide range of clients. Um, a lot of them, uh, well, some of them, sorry, uh, may work full time and then have their right. Mm-hmm. side side hustle um, and then that's what I help them out with um a lot of them I say a lot of them like I've got loads <laughs> um <laughs> among the thousands yeah <laughs> you know, my agency. it really depends and I think and I completely understand as well for people who are just starting off they may not have the money to put into it but I will definitely try and be as flexible as I can be because I just think as well I 
I get so much out of it as well. Um, I'm not just helping them, they're helping me learn new things and skills and yeah. everything. So I'll definitely try and be as fe- flexible as I it's a it is a hard one though, because I guess it's it's the same on both sides. Because now I'm full time VAing. I need to make sure yeah. I'm getting a certain amount in yeah. each month, for instance, um, to be able to keep going. But then again, it's it's the same on the other side as well. They they can't they might not have the money to just, you know, yeah, exactly. give. So it's, it, again, it, when it comes to all of that, it's something I'm trying to figure out and figure out a, a better approach to. Yeah, I'm lucky that it it's still early days where I can, you know, change my price and see what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And nothing's really set in stone. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's definitely something that I've been thinking about the last few weeks. I need to... Yeah get a better approach when it comes to that right and how how did you kind of adapt your price did, did you start lower and then it started to increase as you gained more confidence uh, yeah did you just like go on fiverr and see what the other vas were asking for and uh, try to somehow match that how was that i just increased it as i went really um okay. because i know I, I knew i wanted it to be a full-time thing so I knew I had to get to sort of a, a certain amount to make it happen. As I've gone on, I've, I've guess, tested the water is how far can I push it? What works? What doesn't work? And it, it really depends, again, on the person, uh, the client themselves. If I know they're not in this situation to give all the money away, I would definitely look at it and be flexible. Because, yeah, we're both just trying to figure it out. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah and you have the possibility of, since they are indie hackers, you can somehow kind of uh, invest in them, right? So you say, yeah. okay, maybe you get a cheaper price for now, but because I, I believe that you are going to grow. Uh, and then you believe that, okay, maybe they will continue, uh, you know, uh, being a client and then they'll grow. And do you ever do this kind of things or you try to make it super professional and you say, okay, I, I, I don't care whatever product you're building. This is, this is my rate and I, I'm not going to like, uh, quote unquote, invest in you. To be honest, I've I've not I've not thought of doing that, but that's mm-hmm. a really good point. Um, it would be, yeah, I think it's something that I could potentially do for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. It can be dangerous as well, right? I mean, well, yeah, that's the thing, and I think as well, like really, I'm just figuring it out as I go. I'm testing the water, what works, what doesn't work, um, yeah. just seeing what happens. <laughs> which very honest you are also an indie hacker right you're also yeah. an <laughs> and you're like an entrepreneur helping other entrepreneurs but it's fascinating for me yeah so i am just yeah figuring out as i go basically is the is the easy answer and that comes with comes with everything but yeah especially sort of my pricing and my day rate and things like that and just seeing right. what could work what doesn't work yeah and i i totally see um, I guess the main clients either being people that have, uh, and I, I know a lot of them, by the way, that have like a main gig, a main job, and then yeah. they, they have their side projects. Uh, and it might be a mistake if you if you really want to to make money of your of your projects. I think it might be a mistake to try to do everything yourself because yeah. you just won't won't have the time, right? So you have your main gig, and that takes a lot of your time, and then. You're, it's much better to just delegate some of these tasks, like content creating, because you need to, for instance, create an audience anyways, but this requires yeah. a lot of your effort. So let's just give it to someone else and they can help. And then I guess you'll reach your goal of actually making money from your side business 
much faster. Exactly. And I think as well, like being a indie hack or being in that space, it's also, it is a big thing bringing somebody new in to the fold. So for instance, if you, if you are just doing everything on your own and you realize actually I need some support it is a big thing bringing someone new into this thing that you've you've grown you've brought up you've put everything into it Mm -hmm. so I understand why some people are a bit like oh I'll just I'll just carry on doing it but I think really it's a little investment for the amount you get back from it um, just having a bit more headspace to really focus on your business yeah. and figure out what is next and what is priority or not having to work the the evenings or the weekends because you know someone's you know, mm. sorting out the your social media for you I think it's it is a a little investment for the for what you get yeah. back but yeah you just mentioned the headspace and I, I totally agree you know uh, sometimes I feel that I'm my my headspace is completely filled with social media and uh, content yeah. and doing all of this. But as a bootstrapper, you really need to take your time to think. Uh, yeah. Just what what should be my next steps? What what metrics should I analyze? Uh, just take time and not build anything. Just think. But if your mind is always you know at a uh, thousand miles per hour, like thinking, okay, uh, I need to do content. I need to do Twitter. I need to answer these people. I need to answer this email. Mm-hmm. I need to edit my episode. Whatever. You just don't have the time also to think on the next steps. Well, that's the thing. Before I got into this space, um, I was obviously aware of it, but I always questioned, I I, I never understood these people who would work full time, then work on their side hustle in the evenings, the weekend. Like I never understood how people did it. I thought it was amazing. I I could could never do it. But like just the drive that people have when it comes to it, I think it's like, it's unheard of. I think it's brilliant, but also yeah. it's tiring and exhausting and it's not sustainable because you will just get to that point where, oh shit, like I'm knackered. And you then I guess you get to the point where you can't really enjoy it as much because you're, you're tired. You're, you know, yeah. you've got work. You can't like sit and enjoy these things. But mm. I think it is amazing. Mm. These people who, who are yeah. doing everything. I think it's great, but mm. Yeah, it must be really hard as well. You, you said that you didn't understand them. Does it mean you you understand them now? Uh, because you are also one of them, always <laughs> your project. I definitely understand it more. I think it makes such a big difference working on something you actually want to do. Like when I started this, I was like, well, this is this is completely down to me. It will only be successful if I, you know, make it su- successful and put the time in. And I yeah. think it just having that different mindset makes such a big difference. Like, yeah. um, when I used to work Scary at, too. yeah, when I used to work at agencies, I'd be like, oh, it's half five. I'm going home and I'm just going to yeah. sit around now. But actually, now you're working. Now I'm working on my own thing. It's it is a constant thought, which is really interesting. My prior yeah. thought. Where, when people when I looked at indie hackers it's like god it must be so hard and which it obviously is um but I think it's yeah you to make it work you've got to have that drive um yeah. and I only understand that now because yeah. I'm doing doing my own thing and I have to have that drive uh-huh. what, what were the um, challenges that you were not expecting to have uh, that then you realize, wow, okay, this is hard when you first started uh, your own uh, business. 
to be honest, I didn't know what to expect. So I don't mm. know if that's a good or a bad thing. I like I didn't really think about it too much, which is probably a bad thing. Um I didn't realise it would be so up and down. Um mm. not yeah. just like in the trying to get business sense, but with the the figuring it out. Um so there was a time, I think it was at the beginning of this year, so just after Christmas, and um there was a week and I didn't hear back from anyone or I wasn't getting good engagement on my tweets or anything like that and it just was a bad week for everything so yeah I think just how up and down it is um I didn't really think about and then I would say having to I guess be on all the time like I said yeah now I'm always thinking oh gosh I need to tweet today or oh I need to what's my next blog post or um constantly having to think about it because like I said yeah it's it's only going to be successful if you put the time into it and you work hard and uh you show up so I think yeah making sure I guess changing my mindset is probably was Mm -hmm. one of the hardest things like um the the roller coaster feeling uh, is definitely true sometimes I, I have weeks where I'm the top of the world and then I have weeks where I'm I think that I, I should just quit, you know. Um, yeah, like um, I don't know if it's imposter syndrome, but like I was thinking about it yesterday, and I was thinking, oh god, like if I don't get more clients or if I don't write these blog posts, then I'm not going to be successful, and then it all goes down the drain, and then what have mm-hmm. I done? And I think, <laughs> which is great to think about, but I think <laughs> it is sort of a weird. I don't know if imposter syndrome is the right name for it, but like. Could be. <laughs> it was, yeah. I think it's always having a that slight fear of, oh well, it could just go downhill. It could just yeah. stop, um, mm-hmm. which I think is also helpful because it keeps you going, and you're you're yeah. not going to put yourself in that position where it. How how do you navigate that though? How do you overcome those uh, those feelings? Good question. <laughs> um, at, definitely at the beginning, I was like. I was like a deer in the headlights. I was clueless and I was definitely feeling it all. Deer in the headlights, that's an interesting expression. (laughs) But I think talking to people and being a part of these different communities that understand that, you know, it's not all plain sailing. It's not Mm. all easy. Even like the small problems that you come across that aren't really in the grand scheme of things a big deal or a massive problem but in that moment you're like oh shit Mm -hmm. like this is a big thing just having people to talk to makes such a difference and what I really um realized is the people in this space are so helpful and nice and understanding which I don't unless you're on reddit (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> unless you're on reddit reddit they will kill you but yeah twitter indie hackers yeah pick your space as well yeah um i wasn't it's not that i wasn't expecting that but like um everybody's just great um and so nice and so helpful and they understand where you're coming from um and yeah everybody's just lovely so i think talking to people about whatever the problem is or the stress is or you know if you're not in a good place with it is the is the best thing it's definitely helped me so much because a lot of like I said I'm just figuring it out as I go which a lot of people are as well is it easy for you to be open about those feelings with the people around you 
I think so. Yeah, I've, I've found myself in my like last few blog posts. I've been quite open, mm-hmm. um, which I was. I wouldn't say I was surprised at, but um, I guess I wasn't expecting to be. I thought my blog post would be like, oh well, uh, here's a great task manager that you should use. Oh, this is bit like very. Yeah. I guess you know just what you expect. But I've definitely found myself being more open in the last few blog posts, which has. Re- has really helped me as well um but I, it's great that I just I feel like I can do that because I know the people in the space will just mm-hmm. yeah they're not going to judge me on it which yeah. is really nice yeah I'm, I'm reading here your last uh, blog post riding the wave how I deal with the highs and lows of starting my first business <laughs> so that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what we're chatting about right and, and actually even if you go on indie hackers I think the category that uh, works the best and has the most upvotes is the self-care yeah because I, I think that that's the really nice thing people aren't just invested in you know your business or what you're working on they're invested in you as well which is so refreshing after you know working at agencies when you the agency is like keeping the client happy Mm -hmm. and that's all it is really um it's yeah it's it's a really refreshing space to be in and there's so this whole movement of building in public also uh, where you are more honest about your business, the highs and lows. This is also a great way uh, for for marketing, mm. and uh, marketing is kind of the big monster of every uh, entrepreneur or bootstrapper. Um, how did you overcome that? Like, how I guess you you we we you also shared that uh, you got your first clients already from the the community, the weekend mm-hmm. uh, weekend club community. Was was that enough? Or are you already getting clients outside of that community? And if so, how are you uh, reaching to them? So when I first started, um, I was looking at lots of other virtual assistants and loads of them were on Instagram. They had these like beautiful websites. I was like, oh God, <laughs> it's like getting really stressed. I was like, I, I won't be able to do that. Um, and I sort of recognized that in, um, Twitter was a great space for indie mm-hmm. hackers. Everybody's on it, you know, tweeting about what, uh, how the business is going, everything like that. So I decided to just stick with Twitter. I didn't want to create an Instagram. I wasn't sort of ready for that. I just wanted one platform to to use and sort of go with. Um, and then I realised that I needed to be consistent. So um, just tweet, trying to tweet daily, um, useful helpful things interacting with lots of different people just getting my name out there and then just writing blog posts really and just um bringing people to my my site so that's what my two main focuses are just when it comes to the marketing side of things is just my website and twitter and Mm -hmm. just talking to people um which is yeah touch wood has worked really really well because i didn't i didn't want to you know put my finger in too many pies yeah. <laughs> um, and not do, give like each platform uh, any justice or the, the attention right, it needed. Right. So I just decided to go for Twitter and yeah, it's, it's worked really well when, um, when I first started, I think it was like a month in someone reached out to me on Twitter and they needed help for something and they just wanted to have a conversation and that's worked. Mm-hmm really really well and um people reach out which is really really nice so basically you you tweet and then people check out your profile they see that you're a virtual assistant then they end up uh, connecting with you 
Yeah, or even when um, this is what I mean when I said that, like in the indie hacker space, people aren't just invested in what you're doing, but they're invested in you. So, for instance, someone tweeted they were looking for a VA, and two people commented on that tweet in my name, mm-hmm. which I thought was, I mean, they didn't have to do that at all. Yeah, I, it yeah. was just really, really nice that they did do that, yeah, and it, yeah, it means amazing. a lot that they're putting my name out there as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, Twitter. I think Twitter has really worked well for me and what I'm doing. Do you go on Twitter and search for those kind of tweets? Like, I'm looking for a VA and then answer there? Is that helpful? I, that's, that's sort of how I started. That was my approach. I was like, oh, God, how, how do you get clients? <laughs> how do you get in there? Um, and that was definitely my first approach. But um, what seems to be working well at the moment is just like, word of mouth having these types uh-huh. of conversations um and yeah just talking to people um right. like having just like tweeting someone about something that's not me trying to sell myself and my mm-hmm. va services mm-hmm. and then just like organically going from there it seems to work really well which is nice because it's it just seems a bit more legit <laughs> yeah 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 true makes sense um, and you, you also do blog posts. Do you get a lot of SEO traffic? Um, yes and no. Um, okay. I haven't... <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I haven't ventured, ventured too far into the SEO space just yet. So that's still quite new to me. Um, but I use, to keep an eye on my website, I use Fathom. It basically shows like my views and um, how long people have been on different pages and things okay. like that. Um, I guess like the analytic side of things. I really enjoy it, but then I find myself I get a bit obsessed with. I'm like looking at it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to calm down. I do the same with my analytics tool. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I guess uh, I've seen one of your posts also in the indie hackers. Uh, is that a good a good source for you as well? Yes. Yeah, so. Um, when I first started, people were like, oh, yeah, if you're writing blog posts, you should also just post them into Indie Hackers because, I mean, it's another Indie Hacker space. It makes yeah. sense. Um, and, yeah, I definitely, uh, by looking at Fathom, <laughs> you can you get an idea of uh, where people are coming from. Yeah. Um, so that seems to work quite well. But, um, yeah, Indie Hackers is just a great space for me as well because I do a lot of my research learning there. Mm. And it's important if you share your uh, blog post there also to link your canonical uh, link uh, to your uh, website. Then Google knows where the main source of the article is. You can do that. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's really... I also learned this recently. So you can just copy copy paste your link, your uh, yeah. post to Indie Hackers. But then there's a little tab there. I think it says SEO or link or something. And then you put the link where the original article is so that then Google knows uh, which one to index. Oh, uh, that's here. good to know. Yeah, this is really important for, for yeah. that. Tell me about your your first client. Like, how did it feel you know, to get someone paying for your job and kind of validating that uh, all this journey might really lead to something? Yeah, it felt great. It didn't feel real um, because I think it took me a while to get my head around that I'm helping someone and they're paying me for it. For instance, when I was at the agency, I was big on people pleasing and doing the job and doing all the extra bits for you know for no 
for, for nothing really. Yeah. And it took me a while to change my mindset to, well, I'm doing this job and I'm getting paid for it instead of like, oh, well, I could just do this as well, or I could do this or, oh no, you don't have to worry about paying for this and stuff like that. So that took me a while to get my head round. Mm-hmm. Um, like, no it felt great <laughs> every yeah. time someone signs a contract I'm like this is great this is this is amazing yeah. like it's uh, helping me do exactly what I want which mm-hmm. is great there's nothing like it <laughs> definitely and you you kind of are more connected to the end result right so you already know okay I'm really yeah. helping someone right it's not maybe when you're working for uh, for a company you really don't know uh, what you're doing what's your impact And here it's much more clearer, right? Yeah, exactly. And that makes a real difference as well. You're working at an agency and the agency could be massive. And what yeah. you're doing is just a small part of that. And you don't really see the outcome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's I, I really love just sort of working one-on-one with someone and then ticking off the tasks for them and then seeing what that actually means for them and their business themselves. Mm-hmm. Um it's a really nice thing to know that I actually am doing something that's useful and I am <laughs> having yeah. input and it means, it means something. The purpose you have, it's, it's completely different. Um, and there's a kind of a last topic that I wanted to chat with you. I guess um, you're already seeing this, right? Like you have a lot of work as well. And the more clients you have, the more work you will have. And one thing that I guess a lot of us try to do as indie hackers is to have this kind of passive income where yeah. uh, it's I, I don't believe that it's true that you can have true passive income or it's really hard but you know you don't the idea is that uh as your number of clients scales uh and increases your number of hours does not increase at least in yeah. the proportional rate like so but for you i mean you need to work to put in the hours to to basically get the money right so yeah. did you think about that like how are you going to scale going forward Or or do or do you think okay it's okay to have this cap uh, and that, because I don't need more? Yeah, that's definitely something I want to do just to have that on the side and just try it out and see what happens if and if I can make it work. Um, but there's also um, I joined a like a VA event the other week, which was great because it was the first one I've ever been to, and I, that's like the mm-hmm. first time I've ever spoken to other VAs. <laughs> So it was great and I was learning a lot. But they were they mentioned that um, like these associates, so you could be a VA lead and say, for instance, if I was getting um, lots of clients coming through my door, but I just didn't have the time for them, I could give them to an associate and then I would get a cut of whatever okay. um, mm-hmm. that price could be. So I've been thinking about that as well. But at the moment, I think it's still too early for me to... Right do that and also I I enjoy working directly with the clients um and I yeah I think it's it's too early for me because at the moment I don't want to manage people and you know take that approach just yet I um I'm still figuring it out basically um so I think maybe that's something I could also do in the future once I've figured it out a bit more and Uh, know how all of that works but I think yeah maybe having a, an associate or having um, some form of passive income is definitely what I want to do at some mm. point. Lydia super interesting to to speak with you and understand more about the, the VA world 
Um, it's kind of a, a, a last question here. Let's say someone is starting their journey as well, and they're thinking, okay, I want to be a VA. Um, what do you think they, first of all, they should have uh, to be a, a VA, like in, in personality-wise, and, and what should be their first step? I would say first step, it, oh, first two steps <laughs> is find your niche, which I know that everybody says, but it's such a useful thing. Don't try and be everywhere at once. Just focus on focus on a niche and really put time into it because it will do you wonders. And then I would say my second step would be join a community and really embed yourself in that community um, and go from there. Mm-hmm. And then I think just being positive, probably, probably, probably the uh, really important, okay. important piece to have because a lot of the time yeah it's, you're trying to solve different challenges trying to give solutions it can get quite overwhelming at, at times mm-hmm. and you're sort of there to almost I guess like diffuse the situation and remove some of that stress so even right. when it's crazy it's just staying that positive person throughout um, because you'll always figure it out so yeah I would just say if you're positive and you're upbeat and you're excited yeah, it will definitely work out. Yeah, definitely. Lydia, thank you so much uh, for your time. It was a thank pleasure you so talking with you. I will uh, link your uh, Twitter profile and website in the show notes of this episode so that everyone can check it out. So if the, if the, the listener has any questions uh, about, uh, you know, how is it like to be a virtual assistant or they're needing uh, for an extra hand, they can reach out to you. Mm-hmm. and uh, I will link anything else that you want me to link so thank you so amazing. much amazing thank you if you like this kind of interviews you want to learn from other entrepreneurs just go to wannabe-entrepreneur.com I have a lot of interviews there for you and if you are looking for a community of bootstrappers make sure to check out the WB space we are there supporting each other building our own projects and it's also a way to support this uh, podcast by becoming a member there This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time.